educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome aboard the Wednesday edition. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it very much. Hey, how about that Chase Porter doing double duty today? News and uh, and traffic. Uh, so thanks, Chase, for your good work, your hard work. Uh, Chris Lofkin's got some time off, richly deserved. So uh, anyway, here we are, 507 on Wednesday, February 7. How about that? Uh, truth over tribalism, lifting up. Instead of tearing down, we'll do a little bit of that, all of that today. Uh, let me tell you what's coming up so you can plan for the second half of the show after the news break at the bottom of the hour. hour we'll welcome in uh, Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad. Uh, Senator Conrad's been a while since she's been with us, so anxious to catch up with Senator Conrad and, and figure out, uh, help us uh, keep track of what's going on. Uh, down the street in that sandstone uh, block uh, at the state capitol uh, with the Nebraska legislature. So anyway, look forward to visiting with Senator Conrad in the second half of the show. Uh, meanwhile, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. I will also echo, um, despite all the hard times I give him, that Chase has been doing a great job this week. <laughs> as far as Grillmaster Chris, I think he's gone to like sometime early next week, so either I'm really excited to see him come back, or I'm not anxious at all for him to come back, depending on what happens in the Super Bowl. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we won't... Yeah, the, Who's going to be here to tease you about, other than me? <laughs> oh, that the 49ers winning? Like, I'll, I'll be bothering everybody around here. <laughs> oh. But looking forward to hearing from uh, Senator Conrad on today's show. Though. Yeah, yeah. We haven't. Uh, she's calling in because she's uh, she's working hard over at the Capitol and got some hearings this afternoon. But anyway, we'll uh, look forward to chatting with Danielle Conrad in the second half of the show. Well, here's a couple stories that really caught my eye today. And again, just to remind you, uh, we'd love to have you follow us on X, uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter, and uh, and the Facebook. And uh, you know, I had posted. I sometimes, so I've got my own personal uh, Twitter account, excuse me, X, as well as uh, the Dan Parsons show. So sometimes, you know, kind of cross-populate back and forth. But uh, uh, if if you want to follow my personal account, it's not probably a whole lot different uh, uh, than, uh, than the Dan Parsons show. I well, it is. I mean, it, anyway. So it's Ask Dan the PR Man is the is the other account. But uh, so anyway, I posted this and then and, and reposted it on the Dan Parsons uh, X page. But uh, this is just really concerning. Uh, this continued. Uh, challenge of uh, losing local journalism. Uh, our friend Aaron Sanderford from uh, Nebraska Examiner posted this earlier today, and he just said, uh, unreal. And it's a story. Let me just uh, click on the story. It's a story about uh, the only uh, TV station in western Nebraska, uh, which is located in Scotts Bluff, uh, is, is gone dark, is closing down. Um, uh, this is from uh, KNEB, a radio station out in Scotts Bluff, uh, on their website. And uh, a major shakeup in the Panhandle's local news industry, uh, more KNEP, more commonly known as NBC Nebraska, uh, has shut down its Scotts Bluff operations. And if any of you are familiar with Western Nebraska, obviously it's, uh, you know, wide open spaces and, um, you know, quite a bit of distance between 
uh, towns out there, and, uh, and 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 naturally, there's they rely on uh, certainly radio is important uh, in western Nebraska and rural Nebraska, uh, but also TV. And uh, but anyway, la- last week, according to this story, Gray Broadcasting, which is the parent company of 1011, uh, our TV station here in here in Lincoln. Um, is selling its interests in the Scotts Bluff, Cheyenne, and Casper television markets um, in exchange for an FCC permit to construct a new station in, not in Nebraska, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, Gray Media Group issued a statement saying that, quote, we are proud of the very good work that our Scotts Bluff News Bureau has provided over the past uh, several years. Uh, Unfortunately, given the many challenges facing news media, particularly in small communities, it is no longer possible to continue to underwrite the investments necessary to keep that news bureau open. Uh, We will continue airing local newscasts in the eastern part of our market, including Scott's Bluff, that are produced in our Cheyenne newsroom. And we're working to relocate each of the four news professionals uh, in Scott's Bluff positions in Cheyenne or other newsrooms uh, within our company. So just another example of the challenges in, in, it doesn't have to be rural Nebraska, but certainly uh, rural Nebraska is probably uh, the, the biggest challenge to keep um, uh, local news alive. And so here is the only TV station in western Nebraska. It's going away. Uh, the next closest one would be uh, would be North Platte. Um, and so... And and I lived in western Nebraska. I went to high school out in Ogallala and <clears throat> spent a few years out there. And uh, the only other television options you have is uh, the Front Range, uh, Denver. And so you can probably surmise that uh, there's not a lot of uh, Denver TV stations that are given a rip about what hap- what is happening in Nebraska. So anyway, I <clears throat> I tweeted that out and uh, and just said that. Uh, yeah, not only is it, uh, as Aaron said, unreal, uh, it's very sad. Um, you know, the continued death of local journalism, is it's a serious problem. And uh, so I posted that, you know, more evidence of why nonprofit news organizations like the Nebraska Examiner and our friends at Flatwater Free Press uh, are so badly needed. Uh, hashtag nonprofit news. Hashtag Nebraska needs journalists because as as uh, Gray Television Management said, it's just it didn't make financial sense for them anymore. And uh, so anyway, that's just uh, and and yeah, you're probably wondering, well, what do we care in Lincoln, Nebraska, what happens out in Scotts Bluff? But <clears throat> it it just is another indication of just the challenge of keeping local journalism alive. And, of course, the Scotts Bluff uh, has a daily newspaper, the Scotts Bluff Star-Herald. And so, uh, and there's a couple radio stations in the market. Um, but as far as local television news, uh, boom, gone. And, uh, you know, and it's not like Scotts Bluff is some tiny little uh, berg. I mean, it's, you know, a fairly active uh, um, community in western Nebraska. So. Anyway, I just uh, thought that was interesting. Uh, the other story that I found interesting, and this is from uh, 
our friends at Nebraska Examiner again, uh, uh, Paul Hamill uh, from a couple days ago. Uh, and you probably heard about this. I think uh, uh, the KLAN newsroom reported on this as well. Uh, the Nebraska tourism slogan is a done deal. It's no more. Uh, that uh, somewhat controversial slogan that's been around for a while now, everything has a shelf life, uh, the official said. But the tagline, Nebraska, Honestly, it's not for everyone, uh, stirred criticism from some, including uh, Governor Pillen. And so Paul Hamill writes, uh, frankly, it was a state tourism slogan that wasn't for everybody. A great lead, Paul. I like that. Uh, on Monday, uh, the Nebraska tourism director announced publicly that it was ditching its edgy five-year-old tagline, Nebraska, honestly, it's not for everyone. Uh, officials said the slogan was successful in getting previously uninterested travelers curious about visiting Nebraska, uh, but it had also been criticized, including most recently by Governor Jim Pillen, uh, as reinforcing the state's lack of soaring mountains and ocean beaches. Um, uh, the story goes on. Uh, this is John Ricks, uh, director of the Nebraska Tourism Commission, uh, who's been a guest here on the Dan Parsons Show. He said it's a thing of the past. Uh, he, he told members of the legislature's Budget Writing Appropriations Committee on Monday. Uh, times change. Everything has a shelf life, added David Fudge, executive director of North Platts. Nebraska Land uh, Days Festival. I remember uh, when uh, John Ricks, uh, director of Nebraska Tourism, was in the studio. It's been, Johnny, I don't know if you remember, it's been a few months now, maybe a couple months uh, that John was in. And uh, I remember off uh, off mic asking him if he wanted to talk about uh, that uh, slogan. And he said, uh, no, uh, and no, and thank you. <laughs> And so he wasn't, uh, because obviously it was, uh, but you know, so let me give you my public relations background op opinion uh, on this because, you know, I do deal with uh, marketing and, and, uh, and slogans and, you know, those types of uh, messages that are important to whether you're selling a product or a, uh, a candidate, whatever it is. Obviously, those things are you pay a lot of good money. I can guarantee you the state of Nebraska paid uh, some good money uh, for research to determine what that was like uh, or what what was necessary. And so anyway, uh, uh, it, it, it served its purpose. And um but anyway, I've got a few more comments. Let's take this little break. We'll come back on the other side, and I'll give you a little bit more of my uh, professional opinion on ditching this uh, slogan. So anyway, come on back after these messages. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back, and welcome back to Hump Day. Uh, we made it to Wednesday. It's all downhill from here, kids. Um, and boy, the big uh, the big football game on Sunday. What are your plans? Are you having a big party, Johnny? What are you doing for the Super Bowl other than cheering on your Packers? Oh wait, they're not. There. Oh, oh, <laughs> that was deep, Dan. But no, it's uh, so unfortunately right now it's it seems like it's like the one time a year I see him. But my lifelong best friend, I. We got things coordinated with him, so I'll be going over to his house. Nice. Um, the unfortunate thing, the fortunate thing is, he said, just show up with my eyeballs and my belly, oh. and because uh, he's he's gonna feed me, and he's a good cook. Wow. But the unfortunate thing is, I mean, I think it'll be just me and his family. Yeah. 
and their entire family are diehard Chiefs fans. So it, it'll be interesting. <laughs> so it's a trade-off. You yeah. get good food, you get good company, but you got to put up with the Chiefs. Yeah, and yeah. so depending on what's going on in the game, him and I, I guarantee, will be giving each other a hard time. Oh, but. my goodness. Well, we'll... Uh We'll keep you posted on Johnny's uh, uh, weekend uh, Super Bowl plans. Uh, so anyway, well, welcome back. Uh, uh, let me tell you what's coming up uh, later uh, after the bottom of the hour. Uh, we're expecting uh, Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad to join us by phone. She's working hard over at the legislature today, as she does every day. And uh, I know she's got some hearings that she's finishing up this afternoon, so we're planning on Senator Conrad joining us uh, after the bottom of the hour, after the news break. Uh, but in the meantime, oh, and let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. I'm really excited about this. Um, it's, of course, Thursday, the Lincoln Business Roundtable, and it's Todd Ogden uh, with the Downtown Lincoln Association. It's Todd's uh, monthly visit with us. And uh, he's bringing along uh, a really cool guest that I've known for a number of years, uh, Cinnamon Dokin. Uh, and you probably, uh, if you're a book, a used book fan, uh, you probably know Cinnamon because she runs uh, her shop is the Novel Idea uh, bookstore. Uh, down in downtown Lincoln, and and now is heading up uh, the parish uh, studios, art studios uh, next door there. So anyway, looking forward to visiting with Todd and Cinnamon tomorrow on uh, uh, the uh, the Thursday edition. Um, so yeah, plan on that. We'd love to have you join us. But uh, uh, I, I will remind you to follow us on X and Facebook and uh, and. Uh, because, uh, as I was talking about this story that uh, was of interest to me that I uh, posted on the socials uh, earlier this week, uh, uh, this uh, decision by the state of Nebraska to do away with what has been, I guess, I don't know if you'd call it controversial, but certainly uh, an edgy uh, slogan uh, that uh, we adopted for the Tourism Commission, uh, four or five years ago, five years ago, uh, Nebraska, honestly, it's not for everyone. And uh, that slogan uh, was successful in getting previously uninterested travelers at least curious about visiting Nebraska. And again, from, from a public relations, marketing, advertising perspective, uh, you want people talking about you. That's the goal, right? Um, What's the old saying? There's there's no such thing as bad press. Well, uh, this kind of falls into that category of if you were talking about this slogan, and again, we're not talking about necessarily people in Nebraska, although we certainly encourage uh, people who live in Nebraska to to be a tourist in our own home state, right? When's the last time any of you, we were talking about Scott's Bluff earlier about this other story. Uh, when's the last time uh, you visited western Nebraska in Scott's Bluff, Scott's Bluff Monument? Um, you know, uh, I feel sorry for those people who, uh, who travel through Nebraska and think that uh, that phrase is uh, applicable to them that honestly it's not for everyone and they just get on the interstate and zip through uh, uh, you know and don't don't go north or south of the interstate to see really uh, some remarkable uh, uh, remarkable landscape. I mean, there's 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 places in Nebraska uh, that are unlike anything in the world. Uh, the Sandhills. It is the most geographically uh, diverse. 
um, uh, location uh, uh, literally in the world. There's no other place like it. And uh, so for those who don't uh, get off the beaten path, uh, you don't know that. And so anyway, that was one of the slogan, one of the purposes of this slogan. Nebraska, honestly, it's not for everyone. And recognizing that people don't know uh, what attractions we have here in the state and trying to attract uh, people to Nebraska to discover uh, what we have here. But uh, that it it served its purpose. So anyway, just back to my thinking on this. Yeah, I mean, you don't typically, I don't care if you're, uh, you know, what product you're selling or what uh, service you're providing uh, from a marketing standpoint, you typically don't have, <clears throat> you change your marketing strategy, right? So it's not unusual for us to have a five-year run uh, for something uh, of a slogan and, and decide to move on. Um, so anyway, just reading, uh, continuing the, the story from Nebraska Examiner, Paul Hamill's story, um, and, and this person, executive director of North Platts, Nebraska Land Day, said, yeah, times change. Everything has a shelf life. And uh, John Ricks, uh, director of Nebraska Tourism, uh, made the revelation during a public hearing in which he is requesting an increase in spending authority for his commission uh, from $7.4 million to $10.5 million to increase uh, marketing uh, for uh, for visiting the state, uh, for, for marketing uh, outside of Nebraska. Uh, and he said, we want to keep pounding in Chicago, uh, he told state senators. And, uh, you know, you think about it, who, who is going, what's the larger markets around <clears throat> this, uh, surrounding Nebraska uh, that we have an opportunity to pull in people to come and visit Nebraska who maybe have never had the opportunity to. So uh, certainly Chicago is one of those, and we've spent a lot of money uh, apparently in recent years uh, trying to attract uh, people from that market. Uh, the story goes on. The Windy City and Oklahoma City were targets for new state marketing campaigns in the past year uh, that uh, Director Rick said were financed by federal uh, coronavirus funds. Uh, the increased spending, Rick's, em- Rick's emphasized, would be financed by a combination of state lodging taxes and surplus tourism commission funds, uh, not tax dollars. Uh, But the legislature still has to make that appropriation. Uh, The marketing, however, will not include the tagline, Nebraska, honestly, it's not for everyone. Um, The motto, uh, Rick said the motto was successful in increasing interest in visiting the state, saying that a survey of tourists in this target market for Nebraska showed interest rising from 19% in 2019 to uh, 39% uh, more recently. He said that that uh, he said that when he was hired uh, seven and a half years ago, wow, it didn't seem like he's been here that long. Seven and a half years ago, Nebraska suffered a publicity problem. It ranked last among states that tourists were interested in visiting. It had a reputation as flat, boring, and a long way across. See, just like I say, and if you're just traveling I-80, you're not, that's the impression you're going to get. Flat, boring, and this is a long, stinking drive. Uh, the only way we could get their attention, uh, Rick said, honestly, was by agreeing with them and then counteracting it. So, yeah, you're right. Your impressions of the state yeah, uh, they're probably not real positive, but we're going to tell you why 
those perceptions are a myth. Uh, he said that led to billboards showing groups of happy people riding down a sand hill stream in a livestock tank. I remember that uh, with the headline, lucky for you, there's nothing to do here <laughs> or a billboard of hikers. Uh, hopping between rock formations at Northwest Nebraska's Toadstool Park with the line, famous for our flat, boring landscape. And again, if you've never been uh, out to that part of the state in Toadstool, Toadstool Park, uh, it, it looks like you're on a different planet. You certainly don't look like you're in Nebraska. And uh, so anyway, hey, um, come on back after the news. We'll be joined by State Senator Danielle Conrad here on 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Wednesday edition. Thanks for sticking around. Um, I, if you miss anything, I'll just remind you, you can find us anytime you like on your favorite podcast platform or just go to KLIN.com, read the news that you maybe missed, and then scroll down on the Dan Parsons page and look for the episode uh, you're searching for. So uh, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. It's the Lincoln Business Roundtable, and it's our monthly check-in with Mr. Todd Ogden uh, with the Downtown Lincoln Association. And I know there's some uh, maybe some new news on the uh, convention center, so we'll catch up with Todd on all that news because he's been a driver of that uh, issue for uh, some time now. Uh, and in the second half of tomorrow's show, Todd's bringing a very special guest with him, uh, Cinnamon Dokin. Uh, and Cinnamon, of course, owns a Novel Idea bookstore in downtown Lincoln, and she's just recently had uh, uh, a, a, an additional uh, task. Uh, she's heading up the, the parish uh, studios, art studios, uh, in downtown Lincoln. So anyway, we'll look forward to catching up with Cinnamon and uh, Todd Ogden tomorrow on the uh, uh, on the business roundtable, Lincoln Business Roundtable. So, well, it is my delight to welcome onto the show, back to the show, Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad. Senator, welcome aboard. Hi, Dan. How are you today? It's so fun to reconnect in the middle of this hustle and bustle of the 2024 legislative session. Yeah, yeah. Well, my sincere thanks, Senator. I know you're a busy person and this time of year, and uh, you know, so I appreciate you spending a few minutes uh, uh, letting our listeners know what's going on downtown at the Capitol and, and what you've been up to. So thanks so much. Yeah. 
What? Well, thanks for, for inviting me on. And you're right. It's kind of like being an accountant during tax season. <laughs> <laughs> kind of our busy season, but it's also, you know, so fun to have so many important issues that are before our state being discussed. And it's great to reconnect with colleagues and constituents. And we are really figuring out how to pack it all into a, a short 60-day legislative session. Yeah. And which, uh, how far are we along now? Oh, gosh. I should have That's okay. That. I, think That's we're okay. Headed, I think we're about day 25 or so. Okay. So okay. We're, so we're about we're, a third. We're not over That's th- right. Yeah. Well, and uh, and, I, and I know our listeners uh, follow um, uh, what's going on in the legislature and follow what you're doing. And and uh, I know you serve on the government, military and veterans affairs. And I know you had a hearing this afternoon. And and, I, and I'll just this is this may be a little more information than most of our listeners uh, want. But one of the tricks of, of those of us who are trying to get a hold of our our friends in the legislature is when we see that you're uh, on the uh, on the video uh, that you're sitting in in a committee hearing. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just text her real quick and see. What they the- might have their phone. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But you're very disciplined. You did not answer my text, so thank you. <laughs> I I try and stay focused on on the committee testi- testifiers, um, but every now and again you need to look up a fact or yeah. or need to get a message to somebody. So yeah. yeah. Well, technology is great. Well, well, um, we didn't have a lot of time to prep, and so I'm just going to ask you what what are the issues that are uh, top of mind for you, and and things that are either really going really well uh, this session, uh, or things that you're maybe concerned about. So I'll just kind of open it up and let you uh, chat away. Sure. Great. Well, well, thanks, Dan. That's always a, a wonderful thing to give a politician an open mic. <laughs> perhaps a dangerous one at that. But, um, you know, the first thing that just kind of having some observations and reflections on on where we are at this point in the 2024 legislative session, I I think it's unmistakable for for all your listeners and all Nebraskans who are watching the legislature that we have really worked hard to reset the tone in this legislative session. And so you're hearing and you're seeing a Nebraska legislature that looks and feels more like the Nebraska legislature we know and love and love. There's nonpartisanship, there's collegiality, there's civility, there's collaboration, uh, I think that those hallmarks of our nonpartisan unicameral system are front and center on display in this legislative session. And, you know, that that's the product of a lot of hard work and yes. it's a political choice every day for the state leaders who are here. So I'm really, really grateful for that. Uh, we were able to, I think, get through what could have been a pretty a challenging rules debate early on in the session going to yes. again some of the, the key features of the nonpartisan legislature and we were able to maintain those, figure out ways to update our rules to make the process work better and then wow, we're jumping right into debate and right into public hearings and we're starting to move through a lot of bills which is really exciting because people have unfinished business from last year and their bills are popping up and it's sparking such 
smart communications and um, opportunities to work together mm-hmm. on a whole different kind of set of things. And the governors come in with a very robust personal agenda. Yes. So those yeah. ideas that the governor has is kind of working their way through the, the public hearing process. And, you know, probably uh, one of the biggest hearings of the year is actually happening, I think, today in the Revenue Committee where the governor's tax plan. Oh, that's right. Sales taxes. Yep. Um, is taking place. And so there's never a dull moment in the Capitol, but the tone is great, the energy is high, and there's a lot of big ideas um, in before the Nebraska legislature. Yeah. So it's, it's good to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to put you on the spot to see if, because uh, as you said, these tax bills are just now starting to get uh, their public hearings, but I was at a chamber, Lincoln Chamber meeting this morning, and of course that was a, a, a popular topic of discussion in the business <laughs> community, as you might imagine, and uh, and they're not real thrilled uh, with uh, yeah, Governor Pillen's uh, tax uh, bills that he uh, has offered, and uh, so, uh, yeah, that that's a lot of heavy lifting to yet to be done on those? Well, I think that the the ideas are going to take some twists and turns before we see the final product, but I think where the governor got it right was the laser focus on the property tax burden mm-hmm. that Nebraska families have been concerned about for so long. No disagreement there. I think where I have a different take from my friend Governor Pillen is that we shouldn't do a tax increase or a tax shift to take care of a tax cut. Yeah. And Nebraskans understand that as well. I'm getting just a, a ton of communications from my district. There's been polling in Nebraska mm-hmm. that shows that Nebraskans don't want a tax increase or a tax shift to, to pay for a tax cut. So I anticipate that we'll probably see those proposals shift and change before they they hit the full legislative floor. But, you know, we we desperately need to make sure that we're having a a thoughtful discussion about being fiscally conservative, having the revenues we need to keep the the budget balanced, which we always do, and making sure that we're having some equity in our, our tax discussions as well. The kind of tax shift that we were talking about today not only concerns me because it would raise taxes, um, but it would particularly fall the hardest on low-income working folks and seniors. And yes. I just think that's the, the wrong way to head. Yeah. Uh, we're visiting with uh, Danielle Conrad, state senator from right here in Lincoln, uh, the greatest city in America, uh, as I like to you say. Um, senator, again, without uh, putting you on, on the spot, because we didn't have a lot of time to, to prep for this uh, show today, but uh, your bill, remind me where your bill, 1191, uh, which seeks to rein in uh, the Attorney General's office and his power yeah. to uh, to issue advisory opinions, is I don't remember that being uh, up for a hearing yet. Is that correct? You're right, Dan. Boy, and you are more than a casual observer. You are right on it, as <laughs> as per usual. But I put forward a package of four bills in response to the Attorney General's, what I believe to be a misguided um, weaponization yeah. of that legislative grant of authority that has stopped legislative oversight in corrections and health and human services which in some instances through our ombudsman's office had been in place for over 50 years. And so it's a a pretty striking and 
um, pretty disturbing predicament that we find ourselves in because of this um, opinion. And let's be clear, it's just that. It's an opinion. The law is presumed constitutional, and it is not um, declared unconstitutional until a court says so, not, not an attorney general. And so I put forward measures to increase access to the court for citizens hurt by those big government entities, to remove legal protections for agencies like HHS and Department of Corrections that harm vulnerable folks in their care. I put another measure to update our oversight statutes and then this one to revisit whether or not we should allow the Attorney General to keep this opinion. So that will be up for hearing in a couple of weeks. Okay. My gut tells me is that What I think will happen on this issue is I think that a lot of the ideas that I and other senators put forward on this measure will be worked together into Speaker Arch's um, reform package to look at um, Mm -hmm. restructuring inspector generals. And then I think we're also going to embark on a a year-long kind of special task force or look at strengthening legislative oversight kind of writ large. Good. So it may be a blessing to to have this opportunity to, to think even bigger yeah. about ways yeah. that um, we can be good stewards of the taxpayer dollars you and bet. a strong voice for vulnerable Nebraskans. You bet. Well, Senator, if you can hang on just for a, this quick little break and we'll come back and finish up. Folks, hang on. We're going to come back with Senator Conrad right after these quick messages. Come on back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. I know you've uh, got busy things to do on uh, on a Wednesday afternoon, so thanks for sticking with us. And uh, let me just remind you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, it's the Lincoln Business Roundtable, and it's our monthly visit with Mr. Todd Ogden uh, with Downtown Lincoln Association and a very special guest, uh, Cinnamon Duncan, uh, with the Novel Idea Bookstore. So come on back tomorrow for that. And if you're planning ahead for Friday, it is uh, the Friday Afternoon Club, but hey, Hey, it's back for our fourth episode of Dating Over 50 uh, with psychologist Dr. Trey Thompson uh, and Paige, our dating coach uh, from Omaha, is going to join us again. We need that female perspective if we're going to be talking about dating. Uh, I'm, I'm smart enough. I've got this microphone, and I'm smart enough to understand that uh, you know we need to have a variety of perspectives. And, of course, uh, Chef Kevin will be with us as well. So, anyway, plan ahead for that. Um, and we're visiting uh, with uh, Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad. Senator, again, thank you for taking time to help our listeners understand what's going on down at the Capitol. Appreciate it very much. Oh, absolutely. It's always a blast to connect with you and to say hi to Lincoln neighbors. And there's just so many interesting stories and issues and bills to cover. That <laughs> I'll, def- I'll def- definitely want to come back soon to, to keep everybody updated if, if you'd be willing to have me. Oh, absolutely, Senator. Anytime. You know, this mic is always open for you. Well, Senator, one of the issues that I know, uh, because you serve on the Education Committee, uh, that you uh, have been passionate about, and that is the situation with this federal money, uh, a grant money that was offered to the state of Nebraska uh, to help uh, uh, under 
underprivileged, underserved kids in our state during the summer uh, provide them with uh, with uh, with meals. And uh, the governor, Governor Pillen, for whatever reason, uh, decided that he did not want all that money, uh, a, a, a grant from the federal government. And so, uh, but you're doing something about that. <laughs> Well, we, we sure are, and we simply have a respectful disagreement with the governor over this, and we tried our best to make our case that he would accept um, participation in the summer food program that would cost just a few hundred thousand dollars in state administrative costs and would draw down about $18 million of Nebraska's tax dollars and bring them back back to Nebraska to help hungry kids all across the state. And then those funds, of course, are utilized at local grocers and retailers. And so they have a a great economic return on them as well. But the governor decided he didn't want to move down that path. And so um, we decided as a legislature that we wanted to continue the dialogue on that topic. So Senator Day introduced a measure to um, require that the Department of Health and Human Services participates in that program. It has a really broad and diverse set of co-sponsors, which is a great sign. Um, my friend Senator Aguilar from Grand Island mm. made that bill his personal priority bill for this legislative session, which is another great indicator that we're going to have a strong effort on on this issue and and another um, example of bipartisan efforts of you got it yeah yeah i I know it when i see it senator (laughs) you absolutely do and thank you for reaffirming that but yeah it's so cool to to see him pick senator day's bill that shows you know working across generations working from greater nebraska to eastern nebraska working across political philosophies we said, you know what, a lot of that doesn't matter, and particularly when it comes to good policy, and this is one we agree on. So huge kudos and shout-out to Senator Day and Senator Aguilar for for their collaboration, and I think there will be hopefully an executive session on that matter soon so that okay. it can hopefully be advanced to the floor. But, you know, I think childhood hunger and nutrition is, is something that we're eager to take up in Nebraska and make some progress on as an agricultural state where we feed the world yes. and rightly take pride in that. We got to make sure our babies here at home are yeah. are fed and and have an opportunity to succeed as well. So I think that's going to be a big piece of it and an issue that I have pending in the education committee to end um, the practice wherein. Struggling families have their school meal debt turned over to. Oh yes, thank you. Yes, I think I, that will. Yes. I think that'll be another another piece of the puzzle. Yes, thank you, Senator, for reminding of that. Those are two separate issues, and yes, um, it, it's hard to believe that uh, schools um, have to sick. Um, Uh, bill collectors on parents who can't afford to pay uh, their outstanding uh, school lunch uh, bills uh, and not only lunch, but breakfast and other foods. And uh, I, I just seems just so uh, cruel. Um, And uh, so, so you're, so that bill would, what would that bill do then? Yeah. So you, you hit it right on the, the, the head there, Dan, it would just eliminate the, the practice of allowing schools to turn parents over and families over to collection agencies when 
they incur a, a debt related to school breakfast or school lunch. So, you know, let me just kind of quickly talk about who this measure impacts. Yeah. This is not a widespread practice in our state, mm-hmm. but from what my research shows, there's about a handful of schools in Nebraska that have utilized this kind of practice, which is allowable mm-hmm. under current law. Um, but that includes right here in Lincoln. LPS, yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, right here at LPS. And let me say, I love being a parent at LPS. Yes. And I'm so grateful for the high-quality education that our kids um, get here in Lincoln and, and how dynamite the teachers and the administrators are. But you know what? Gosh, I just I really think that they're misguided in this policy here. Mm-hmm. And when we turn families who are living on the edge, who are working paycheck to paycheck over to a collections agency for unpaid bills on school lunch or school breakfast, it, it really can start a, a cascading sure. impact or a spiraling that you know, the emails, the phone calls, the court dates, and a lot of these families can't afford a lawyer and they get deeper into debt or they end up getting, you know, negative things on their credit reports that impact their ability to seek a good job or a good house. And um, I just think we can do better. And most of the other schools in Nebraska have figured out a way to address unpaid school meal bills without um, turning families over to collections. So I, I think we just need to, to be really clear and uniform in our approach here in Nebraska. And, and I, I do think that measure has a, a very strong opportunity for success in the legislature good. this year. So good. we're going to keep working hard on it. Good. Very good. Well, Senator, we'll let you go. Uh, we appreciate uh, your hard work on behalf of your constituents and appreciate you informing our uh, listeners here on what's going on down at the Capitol. Any, uh, so, uh, so your family, uh, everybody's where they need to be and, and, uh, cause mom's probably not around quite as much. Your schedule is a little different during this time of year. <laughs> yeah, so. it's a little bit different now. So, uh, definitely relying upon that crock pot and maybe a few <laughs> more frozen pizzas than we'd normally have in our repertoire. Yep, but, yep. you know, really grateful that, uh, my family understands that this opportunity, this honor that yeah. comes with service does pull me away from home a, a little bit more when we're in session, but um, thankfully they're they're pretty gracious about it, and gratefully I live very close to the Capitol, so even after these long nights I can, can still uh, run home and, and be with my family you and bet. take them to school in the morning, which is, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, Senator, again, thank you for your time. Thanks for your leadership. Appreciate it very much. You got it. Thanks, Dan, and have a good night. Thank you. You as well. All right. State Senator, Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad, always appreciate it. You know, she is one of the longest-serving state senators uh, over there, maybe the longest, because, you know, she served eight years, term limited, sat out, and then came back, and she's got a few more years uh, to serve. And so we're very thankful for her time here on the air this afternoon. Appreciate that very much. Well, folks, uh, appreciate you uh, stopping by and tuning in here this afternoon afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow and uh, have a wonderful evening. Go do good things. We'll see you tomorrow.